Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Reporting is eligible is proudly supported by Appleton Coffee Company, a small local roaster in Appleton, Wisconsin. They provide coffee around the world. The Packerland Breakfast Blend will be going on sale to be $12 a bag. While you're there, how about you pick up a Reporting is Eligible t-shirt or sweatshirt? And make sure you use RAE at checkout to save yourself some money. Again, that's RAE at checkout. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Reporting is Eligible. Um, I'm Paul Noonan. I write for Acme Packing Company and Shepherd Express. I do a Brewers podcast and I'm very sad. Um, the, we're, we're recording this immediately after the Brewers got knocked out of the playoffs in just the stupidest game possible. Uh, if you're a football fan and you want to know how stupid it was, it was like if you took the last uh, 20 minutes of the Packer game and extended it into like a four-and-a-half-hour baseball game. That's basically what it was. Also, it was like a four-and-a-half-hour baseball game that didn't go to extra innings, which is also ridiculous and just prolonged pain. Um, anyway, th- this is the podcast between the Bear- Bears and Bengals. They just um, beat the Bengals in overtime, have the Bears coming up. And also, ticked off with me in urban Wauwatosa, we have... Hey, it's J.R. Radcliffe, trending sports reporter for the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel, and I'm smiling through the tears just, just, with reporting as eligible. You just turn that on. For went, went from moping on the couch to, to 100% all in one shot. Very nice. If, if you can't fake it, you'll never make it, Paul. So <laughs> here I am faking it as much as possible. I actually have baseball on in the background. I am... I am. Well, there's got to be a saying about if you're if you're down, if you've had too much to drink, just keep drinking. Just go through it. Let's go. Let's do it. Let's talk about the Packers. That was not an uplifting game, but it did have an uplifting ending. So we can at least at least do that much. I don't even know what to say about this game. I also have been so knee deep in baseball over the past three days that I haven't even like I, I'm not even going to be able to speak intelligently about this game. But uh <laughs> You know, I I didn't even watch it live, so I'm I'm bringing very little to the table. At least I have some pep. That's all. That's what I can provide. Very nice. Knee deep in baseball is the sophomore album from the ska band Less Than Jake. <laughs> <laughs> was it really? I, no, but no. it sounds like it. Though, I, it? Like I, I, I have at least one Less Than Jake album around here somewhere, and I was like, is that what it's called? <laughs> and I'm Matt, but you can call me Matub. Coming at you from Kansahoma in mostly sober no bourbon cast this week <laughs> very nice is Good less than up. jake the best of the ska bands in your opinion Madonna? uh real real big fish is the best really the i feel like oh, that's an obvious answer it's the mighty mighty Boston's. they're the best Boston's are good i also i think say ferris is underrated they're good I, I i like female vocals i applaud that choice that's a good choice very good cinematic reference. I love um, cinematic references. Like, Mustard plug, surprisingly underrated. Yeah, I guess I only know their freshman cover. So there you go. The, the real answer is probably the English Beats, who are an actual like old school ska band. 
What? Yeah, well, we're talking third wave Scott here, Paul. We're talking to Scott people have heard of, Paul. You definitely have heard English beat songs and just don't know it. They also were had a spinoff band called Public Image Limited. Tenderness was a big Actually, I'm, I'm aware of Public Image Limited. There you go. Um, this is like the people who insist Mudhoney is the best grunge band. I mean, I'm sure you're right. It's just, <laughs> just it doesn't matter. No one's heard of it. Get an English beat album and listen to it. It's really good. If you have, if you have the Gross Point Blank soundtrack, which a lot of people do, it, the, the English beat have a song on there. So go listen to that. It, when you lived in Gross Point, did it make you a bigger fan of that movie? No, because it's not recorded in Gross Point. In, in Gross Point, <laughs> it's all done in Los Angeles with some overhead camera shots to make it look like it's in Gross Point. And that's it. Why did they even care to make it about Gross Point then? I, if they're just going to film it all in L.A. No idea. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. I mean, it's Cusack thing. He's he's Midwestern. Yeah, why Why was John Cusack a secret agent? I think that's a bigger <laughs> question. He's, he's not a secret agent. He's a prof- he's a professional assassin. Totally different thing. He's not a spy. My bad. Speaking of professional assassins, Devonte Adams is destroying the competition. Good transition, love it. And uh, <laughs> it he's 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 killing the competition. There he's very very good. Um, I, I, what what more has he assassinated the him? other receivers on his team though? Because that's maybe going to be a problem. Um, apparently, Aaron Rodgers threw the ball forty times, and he threw it five times to not Devonte and Cobb. Yep, that's uh, that's pretty much it. That's pretty much it. Um, I can't. Well, no, the other people had targets, but like AJ Dillon had four catches, so um, oh, yeah. so that can't be true. And Aaron, all the running backs had five combined. Aaron Jones had a target, right? So, so it was. I, I'm pretty sure it was like Devonte Cobb and the running backs were 35 of 40 throws. I saw that like stat. That. I think it might be. Um, I think it might just be receivers is the stat, or maybe uh, receivers okay. and tight ends, um, because that's a problem. But. Yeah, this was a great Devonte game. This was his most yards he's ever had, um, and he leads the league in most important statistics: um, yards, receptions, yard, uh, yards per game. And he doesn't lead in yards per reception because that's not Devonte's game. But this is the most prolific he's ever been on a catch-to-catch basis. He's averaging like 13.8 yards a reception. That's way beyond anything he's ever done before. So he's he's great. We all know that. I don't know why people don't triple team him, but they don't. So <laughs> good on him for that. He's going to make also, a case why do, for what? offensive player of the year at this rate. You know, that will always go to a quarterback, but like he is, he is <laughs> he's making a case. Well, he's on pace for like 1,900 yards. Yeah. And... Isn't offensive player of the year the one they specifically don't give to quarterback? Isn't Yeah, usually. Uh, yeah, I think they, they've kind of decided. Oh, uh, MVP. Yeah, okay. So uh, maybe I'm even, th- let's just say MVP. Let's go there then. Oh, okay. That's, that's fine. That's he crazy tough. He won't win that, but yes. No, he won't. He won't. I really thought offensive POI was still a, uh, a primarily a quarterback thing, but um, I'm probably no, offensive wrong. rookie of the year is primarily quarterback, but offensive player of the year is usually uh, oh, like sure the enough. best, the best not quarterback. Yep. Derrick Henry last year, Michael Thomas the year before. Well, sign Devontae up for this. Why doesn't he yeah. have one of these yet? I mean, DeMarco <laughs> Murray has one. Let's get Devontae in POI. It's, it's hard to get offensive player of the year when your quarterback is MVP. Yep. I think that's what it comes down to. It, it, yeah. People look to the other, the, the swerve, the running back team, you know. Um, well, do you remember what Keyshawn Johnson said? Throw me the damn ball. Said, yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't <laughs> matter how good. It doesn't matter how good he is if someone can't get him the ball. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this is just the latest thing I got wrong. Have I apologized for Kansas University yet? I was of. You, you apologize for Kansas University like mid podcast yep. no but but i i got it wrong i was right the first time it is the university of kansas i said that on two two podcasts ago and then i scolded myself for getting it wrong because it's ku it's right KU, yeah and not only 
is at the University of Kansas, but still goes by KU to avoid confusion with Kentucky, Kentucky for some reason. Yeah. Which because basketball, the only thing they have in common is basketball. They're yeah. not in the same conference. They're not really. In the, they're not in the same part of the country. But whatever. And then, uh, not only that, but there are several other universities. I never knew this. That CU Colorado is the University yeah. of Colorado, for example. Um, yep. I mean, De- Denver was another one, but that's a smaller example. There's at least one other one that's escaping me that's like very, very big time university that is University of, but goes by the, you know, the abbreviation is the U second. So total revelation. My eyes were open. This world has existed right under my nose and I didn't know it. I've had it wrong the whole time. I, I just want to apologize to the world. Apology accepted. <laughs> on coming, behalf up of the soon world. On, uh, coming up soon on the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel, top 10 times JR has apologized for being right. <laughs> That is that is still only the first. Yeah, no kidding. I'm apologizing for for being right in the first place. But uh, sorry, I know I'm I'm leaving our discussion of how great Devonte is. We should absolutely continue. Carry on, carry on. Speaking of being wrong about things, Devontae Campbell. Yeah, no kidding. Um, he's amazing. He's one. <laughs> he currently ranks fourth in PFF grades. Um, he has a couple interceptions and is just a force in the middle. He, like how how is he good? Like I. I I am not understanding how he's good. I'm very glad he is good, but uh, well, you Matt, see, do you have a has, theory on how he's good? He has great instincts. He has finally reached the point of maturity where his his uh, physical tools have not completely left him, but his maturity is at its peak. So it's the perfect storm of both things. And he's also a good tackler. He is a good tackler. Have not That's very true. Forever. Is this also an offshoot of Kenny not playing nose tackle quite so much? Oh my god, dude! Kenny, Kenny playing de is the best thing it is. ever. We're 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 uh, not. I will give this back to you in a second. But we, uh, one of our Acme Packing Company Slack chats this week was basically about how the the greatest thing we can say about Joe Barry so far is, with a couple exceptions, um, we we don't like complain that this is stupid or embarrassing nearly as much. Um, the defense seems to make a lot more sense when they get beat. It seems like just a guy got beat somewhere. Uh, you know, I'm sure you can think of an exception in this game. I know I can, but, um, like why Kenny Clark wasn't playing defensive end or at least moving around more before this season is just now baffling having seen how good it works. Well, do you remember, do you remember Mike Daniels was considered like a quote unquote three down lineman? Yep. Um, and then for some reason was not on passing downs. And then all of a sudden was on passing downs and was doing really well and then left the Packers because people said he was only a pass rushing threat. I do remember that. And I feel like this is where we're going to be at with Kenny Clark, where like they're going to move him uh, further out to like five or, or seven tech where he'll get one-on-one opportunities. And then people will be like, Oh, but he can't two gap. Like, no, he might get that. But for now, it just seems to be awesome. And also, Chris Barnes is also playing much better than he was last year. The sack he had was really, really good. Like, it just blew up the middle, hit he, the crawled over a guy. Yeah, crawled over he a guy. Took, he took Joe Burrow out with three fingers. He, he did. grabbed him like with the claw. <laughs> <laughs> Claws up. Love Claws up, with, everybody. Uh, hit him with the talon. With talon. the talon. Yeah. For those who can't see, which is everyone, yes, challenging at my camera. That is, <laughs> that is correct. We got to give Joe Barry a little credit, I guess. We right? Do. Like, I mean, the idea to move Kenny out seems like, in retrospect, kind of obvious, yeah. but that's hey, happening. Devondre is happening. I mean, Devondre is a first team All Pro. I, I'm making that up. It's not like I follow inside <laughs> linebackers all over the all over the <laughs> NFL. I could tell you comparatively how he's doing, but 
Why not? Let's get nuts. Joe Barry, Joe Barry might have might have some good good wrinkles here. Yeah. Well, it's like my dad always says, even the blind squirrel can find his nuts. Very, but if he finds them every game, every game, then I mean, he's not blind anymore. Then he's been. No, lying this is him. sorry. That was uh, Joe Barry. Joe, not not Devondre. Joe Barry. Yeah. Right. But well, I, I, Joe Barry's on a run. I here. think we've we've got some evidence here that Joe Barry might actually be a good defensive coordinator. We can't ignore it at this point. I I think good adequate. <laughs> adequate. I think most of what's wrong with them is personnel based, and that their scheme is fine, and that's all he controls. Like if they had uh, Zadarius Smith and Jair Alexander with Stokes playing on the other side, I suspect that they would be a very good defense. Probably it's at least a top ten defense at this point. Like. Wait, wait, did you hear did you hear why the uh they gave up the touchdown at the end of the first half i did hear that that was stupid would you like to tell the story because it is funny it's so the defense heard the Bengals using offensive terminology that the packers offense uses and defended it as if they were defending what the packers would have done right which is an insane thing to do because they thought they saw an audible based on how their own offense calls audibles and cincinnati was like no, it's not no, audible. We're a different team. We we <laughs> we don't tur- use your terminology. <laughs> tur- turns out there's a bunch of words in football plays that lots of teams use, and uh, sometimes they're going to use them differently. <laughs> you know what though? Uh, Darnell Savage almost made that play. He did. I mean, that it almost doesn't count, and Jamar Chase gets a touchdown out of it. But like, <laughs> good closing speed. I mean, honestly, you're you're a fingernail away from making that count. So we're making that work. So yes, Matt, but but to your point, that was that was not great. However, is that Joe Barry's fault or is that like the captain of the defense's fault for adjusting to that on the fly? Who is who's the green dot this year? Is it Devondre? Devondre? I think it it's is Devondre, Devondre, isn't it? Okay. So we just ding, praised him. Yeah. Well. Ding on ding on Devondre. <laughs> Pretty sure it's Devondre. Oh well. Um but like they should be getting lit up in the secondary and it's just not ha- it's fine it's okay like Jamar Chase had a good game but most of his damage was on that one catch and that was a broken play other than that he did some damage but not too bad and nobody else hurt him at all like the Packers and Bengals receiving stats looked very similar um it was all uh Chase and nobody else did anything at all uh, T Higgins had 32 yards he was their second highest uh yards gaining receiver on the day which who cares doesn't matter <laughs> Um, oh, really quick before I forget, uh, I had never heard um, Samaj Pirine's name before. I actually listened oh, okay. to it. Oh, okay. It's Samaj. Samaj Pirine. I've been saying Perrine. I've been saying Perrine forever. I listened to the game with the actual sound on for the first time in like a year this week. And if, you're, if your last name is pronounced Pirine, you should, you should just pronounce it a different way. <laughs> That's not a good way to pronounce a name. Yes, uh, Pirine. I, I said it wrong, actually. <laughs> Uh, this, this is, <laughs> it's 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 kind of gross. It is. It is. It's it. It sounds like like uh, like orange rind. Yes. Also, that with, is correct. With... That is what it sounds like. And they said his name like fifty times in that game. That's because they kept throwing him the ball. Samaj P. Ryan. And then he got COVID and got got he put did in the protocol. He, he got COVID. He's in the protocol. He breathed all over our team of kind of half unvaccinated people. See how that goes. Uh, not a, not a fan. Now you so, you had said you had said last week that the addition of Joe Mixon might actually benefit the the Packers because Cincinnati would be a little more reliant on him. Does not seem to me that that was the case, nah. and that they did use P Ryan and were more kind of all over the place. I mean, Joe Mixon did have that one play. He had the one play, which was really good. But I I really think he did just get to take advantage of 
um, the Packers having to stick Shamar John Charles in there for a play because somebody else was hurt. So one snap, one snapping out for Shamar Jean Charles. <laughs> not not going to be a good in the tape room for him. That's that's for sure. Nope. Um, and Mixon was on a he was on a snap count. He uh, he was still injured, and that is why. So you know, my, my theory was they would overuse him by running too much with him, and they just weren't going to do that because they were protecting his health going forward too. Peter Ryan got lots of catches, was pretty good doing so. <laughs> Had a nice touchdown. Yeah. So I guess the defense did have its its moments of not so grandeur. The the end of the first half situation after special teams made the same made it made a big boo-boo against San Francisco. Starting to feel like in addition to the <laughs> NFC championship game, it's starting to feel like an annoying, annoying trend. And I'm sure we'll have a lot more to say about special teams while we're on that subject. But yeah. uh, they are special <laughs> before. we. But, uh, I mean, the Packers, I, it felt to me like that game was over, you know, like the Packers, they pulled ahead. It was ugly, but they were they were going to win that game. And then, you know, they started kicking field goals and weird things happened. Too many field goals, I, for sure. Uh, like way too many field goals. <laughs> hate field goals. We should ban them. Before we, yeah, you see, we should ban kickers from football. Before we get off the defense too much, too, I do want to point out the, the stat that was pointed out, I think, by Rob Demosky first, um, that so far the defense has zero red zone stops this year. Um, teams have had the ball in the Packers' uh, red zone 13 times and have scored 13 touchdowns on those trips, which is which is amazing, is incredible. Um, and I, I did grab stats for all of them. Um, and uh, and run all those. Unfortunately, I would read them on the podcast. I'll do it on the mini pod. Uh, they're on a different computer that is out of batteries, and I did not put them in the cloud first. So my bad. But uh, here's one thing I can tell you about that stat. It will probably get better, even if they don't, because there are six hugely important penalties that happened to the Packer defense in the red zone, and five of them gave the other team another first down. So they actually had stops. Um, Eric Stokes had two PIs. Uh, Dean Lowry had a stupid roughing the passer penalty. Um, you know, stuff like that happened to them a lot. So I think this will get better, even though it has not yet and is kind of sad and amazing. It's really hard to do. And their red zone offense, meanwhile, has been among the worst in the fo- in football, too, at scoring touchdowns. So it's quite the quite the bizarre turn of events. The Packers really should be should be so much better than they actually are. I mean, they're four and one, but they—they're, man, it's a frustrating four and one, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, they are—they're a between the twenties team. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of that is the fact that it's so Devonte heavy. Just when the field gets smaller, it's easier to cover him. You know, there's not as much room for him yeah. to move in, and you need somebody else to beat somebody on the other side. It's not Cobb's specialty. It's not like a slack guys are good in open space as well. When you compress that down, it gets a little harder for him. And uh, they need Lazard or Tanyan or somebody to do something around the end zone or the running game to get better. That's the other thing that's really hurting them is the offensive line's held up very well. They've done a good job. Don't want to slag them. But they are not as good at run blocking as they are when they have Jenkins and Bakhtiari. How many many red zone touchdowns recently have been uh, like jet motion or passes to the flat to a running back? most quite a few um all not all there was well Devontae Devontae had the one, had the one catch game. yeah the five yarder in this game but, but it, Dylan before that there's a lot of Dylan and Jones um just running out in the flats for sure and there's a lot of Tanya and dropping um uh, catchable balls I don't think he, I don't know if he had one this game but he's he's had a couple that hit him in the hands in the end zone and not pull him in what do you think it is you mentioned Lazard and Tanya Tanya what's going on there like <laughs> Those are two absolute weapons in past years. Is it just that Devonte is 
such a sexy option right now that that's he's getting all the all the work or like what what are our teams defending those guys better i know lazard is blocker that's that's part a of what his job is but you can't tony has disappeared he was a fringe pro bowler last year yeah and should have been a pro bowler last year should have been he so he definitely overperformed last year he caught far more balls than he should have um and that was going to come down a little bit. I figured he'd come down to like 70% for his catch percentage, but he's down to like 55 and that's a huge, huge crash. And he didn't get a lot of targets last year. I think he caught like 59 of 54 or 54 of 59 targets last year. So that's he caught 107% of his targets. I, I turned it around before you commented, <laughs> although he was pretty close to that. It was like 88.1%. Um, and so coming down to earth a, a little bit's okay, but like he seems kind of bad now, which is really not good. And I do wonder if this is just a, um, getting a little more attention and having to actually fight guys off a little bit more. The other thing about Bob last year is he was one of the worst yak creators in football. He's not like bowling guys over. He's not a good physical tight end. <laughs> and uh, if you maybe beat him up a little bit, it might impact his game quite a bit. If you can't catch it, He's he's not going to do much else. So yeah, not great. Thank goodness Mercedes was there this game, who just seemed to get mad at everybody and decide to go off for a couple of plays. Mercedes is angry at the world. He is. His second catch was incredible. It, my maybe my favorite Mercedes play ever. Just pulling guys over makes you wonder like, why I can't do it every time. When Brooke Lopez drives the lane, it's absolutely <laughs> the same energy. Absolutely, is. same energy. <laughs> it's slow. It's powerful, and you wonder why nobody stopped it. Cross you. That's great. Um, do do we want to talk about special teams now? I think we have they're, to. They're very special. They are they're special. Oh goodness, I I cannot believe. I, I I mean, the Mason Crosby issue I think is just like a weird series of circumstances. I think that's all it is. I don't think there's a mental issue or even a physical issue or a mechanics issue. I think he just plain old missed three field goals in a row because. The other time that's happened, it happened in a dome and in weather neutral circumstances. And it, it obviously was a, was a blip on the radar. I think it might be again, but it's just so hard to believe that it's so hard to believe that someone can miss three consecutive field goals, all of them makeable in the same game where he blew a PAT. Um, one of the three, one of the three field goals was tough, but like for the most part, Mason Crosby makes those. Yep. And I tell you what, there, I, I don't know if there's anybody who really wanted the Packers to go back to him when it was a 49 yarder. I think pretty much everyone thought you got to give the ball to Dylan and get these, the last six inches for that first down. You cannot trust Mason Crosby and props to them for eschewing that and doing it and winning the game. But like, dang, they came back. I was listening to that game on the way home on the radio and, and they came back from break right away. Mason was kicking and I couldn't believe it. It's like, wait, is this a replay? Like how in the world are they not running this football? The, they, they barely got back in time to, to, to call the action. And, uh, I, I was floored, like almost drove off the road. Like, wait, he, he made it. He, <laughs> he did it. They went to him. That was crazy, but he made it. There, there were a couple of things worth noting on the special teams. One of which is LaFleur called them out again in post game for protections still not being what they should be. And I do at least wonder a little bit if some of Mason's hooks were because he was fearing the right side coming in. All of Mason's hooks were to the left. Yep. So let me ask, let me ask about that a little bit. Why this is a question from somebody else because I am not super intimately familiar with the, the the people who are on the line for these field goal kicks. But Bob Tunyon is one of those guys on the right side, right? Yes, he's yeah. he's the anchor, he's the anchor on the right. And he is not a good blocker. Nick Bosa will disagree, but he is not a blocker first. <laughs> why isn't why isn't Big Mercedes in there instead? What's going on there? 
I, I think Mercedes is on the left, isn't he? Switch them, right? <laughs> you know, I, I made a satirical joke. I said that, why don't you just take everyone from the left side and move them to the right? Just <laughs> it's like a black box thing. Just make the whole the whole line on the, the left whole... side. Yeah, exactly. It's a fair question, so, though. It, it's a mo-, mo. Okay, so I have this problem. The Packers uh, special teams coordinator is named Mo Drayton. He's you know. he's terrible. Oh, um, no. But because uh, because of children's literature, every time I say the name Mo. I immediately think of Mo Willems. Mo Willems, yeah. Of oh, course. yeah. Yes. Don't let the pigeon so, drive the bus. Yes. yes. Good uh, advice. My daughter is a big fan of the uh, Elephant and Piggy books. We, we, we we also, we're also big fans of the Elephant and Piggy books there. Outstanding. <laughs> Don't it's, let Bob Tunyon on the right side. <laughs> exactly. So when every single time I go to like be angry about Mo Drayton, I'm like, freaking Mo Willems. No, no, mm-hmm. I'm not mad at Mo Willems. <laughs> it's Mo Drayton. Um, uh, but... There clearly is a personnel issue that they could fix, at least with Bob. Bob's not a good blocker. There are other members of the offensive line who could anchor out there just fine. You don't need a tight end. There's no rule that says you... I mean, you need to have, I think, an eligible guy on the end of the line. That's fine. But you can just declare a guy. It's not... Just do that. Just put a guy out there who's big and can just stone a person. Josh Nyman on a fake field goal play. Also, we could maybe see that, which would be awesome. Oh, man. I want to have this. I, not since the. I'm, this is the most excited I've been since Julius Peppers almost caught a pass a few years ago, and everyone was angry. But I was like, "No more! Do it again! Do it again!" Now, uh, in in defense of everybody, the, the Bengals missed plenty of kicks in this game too. So I think conditions were not ideal as well. Um, it's it's not as if it was just easy out there outside in Cincinnati, but but still, it it was it was ridiculous that you shouldn't miss that many kicks. Especially the PAT, and um, when when your coach is coming out and saying that it, it wasn't just luck after the game, that's not a good sign for the coordinator or the members of the line blocking the kick. So um, see how that goes practice wise this week. And I I mean we don't see coaches fired mid season too much, but if Maurice Drayton doesn't get this in shape, I mean special teams is probably one of the easier ones to replace mid season. So probably something were we worth just monitoring. having this conversation about Joe Barry. We were. They should replace we the midseason. Did. But I, you know, credit where it's due and and blame where it's due too. I mean, Joe's been all right, and Mo Drayton's been just trash, just awful. Also, we we should mention, uh, we should loop in Amari Rogers really quickly, who is quickly turning into a. I mean, he looks like a just a horrible bust and. Um, they have him back there returning punts and just no idea what he's doing at all. I mean, if if he's been coached in any way to to run forward, that has not shown up on game day on tape. Um, he is a coward who runs sideways. <laughs> so should do something about that. I wasn't prepared for that. I I was gonna say when he catches the ball, it looks like he starts swimming. Everything goes so much slower, and I'm not really moving any direction. I'm just sort of here. To me, it looks like so, it, to me it looks like a guy just appeared out on the football field, not knowing what was going on, and <laughs> and, and, and like now is is realizing he has to grab the ball and do something with it, and not get killed by people running at See, him. See, and and my theory is that Justin Perillo was actually just a beer delivery guy who stole a jersey. And he was better at his position. Mr. <laughs> Perillo was fine. Yep. He was fine at his job. And I think we tell we, me, we, tell we, me, Justin Perillo doesn't look yeah. like he should be like delivering beer. Like, we, and surely we can blame Randall Cobb a little bit for this, since you know 
he's coached him for I so long. I don't think we can blame Randall Cobb and don't call me Shirley. <laughs> can we we can't now because he's the number two receiver on this team, yep. but put Randall Cobb <laughs> back there to do the job. Uh, I mean, now no. uh, we have multiple time all pro safety, Micah Hyde returning punts at one point. So if you're good at it, it's one thing, but it, it surely there is a practice squad receiver that you could have doing a better job of this or just Malik Taylor. Maybe. I don't know. Anybody, <laughs> anybody who will run forward or is just Trevor Davis doing anything? He was he's free, isn't he? Wasn't he cut? I'm pretty sure he's free. I think he's free. They should bring him back. He's dumb, but he's good at special teams. <laughs> I don't know what they do on special teams. Like it's just the depth of the roster isn't good at, at these skills. It's gotta be it. On on coverage and I mean the kick the kicking game is what it is. That's something that's gonna have to be tweaked separately, but I don't know how they're not going to get better at this. They're, I mean, they're just going to have to play better with the guys they've got. And I'm not sure. I'm not sure we've seen any evidence through five weeks that we can expect that. Nope. Look, looks bad. Uh, I think we'll just have to deal with poor special teams all year. And hopefully they won't have any key blocks where penalties are not, or, you know, bailing them out, which <laughs> could have been a lot worse so far. Could, as bad as it's been, could have been worse. I was going to ask last week and forgot to, if you thought <laughs> it's funny now, uh, if Mason Crosby had a Hall of Fame-esque resume, if he was close uh, to the longevity it would take in addition to his his you know many accomplishments, if he was he was going to be a consideration for the Hall of Fame. Now no. you have a week like this. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and I, that would have been my answer as well then. Kickers but, barely uh, ever make the Hall of Fame to start with, but um, I, I can only think I can only think of one kicker in recent memory with a Hall of Fame resume. This is Justin Tucker. I was going to say Vinatieri, Vinatieri? Justin Tucker. Vin- Justin Tucker would be probably my second choice. I think Tucker is ultimately going to make it, but it is it is so much about longevity at that position because, yeah. you know, it's it's such an outlier. You you've just got to have you just got to do it for an eternity. That's why Jan Stenerud is in there, you right. know. Right. But also, like, what's the like? Can't tell the story of the league without him. Like, it's automatic Adam. Like, you have to have. Vinatieri. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think you're probably right. I think you're probably right. But I do think it, Mason Crosby, if he's in the league another three to five years, makes a couple more kicks. I think if I think point. if Crosby gets two more Super Bowls in the next three years, then yes, he'll but need again, a lot of he'll need a lot of counting stats to go his way too. He doesn't have the the big leg numbers of a lot of those guys, and uh, he's got something like kicking in Green Bay helps um, with degree of difficulty. That's definitely something in his favor. But uh, especially early in his career, he was not a top kicker very much he really has gotten a lot better lately than he used to be <laughs> since that terrible season where we were talking about cutting him um and and you know i don't know if you can have one of those uh, you know before you're like 40 and, and still and still get in sure what if he has another bad week like let's go to the other end of the spectrum <laughs> if he hasn't you know that it's crazy they didn't cut him back th- back then it really is crazy and the fact that they've gotten so much production out of him is wild to me if he has another bad game, like then you have to, as small a sample as that is, you have to start to say, is, is, is there a mental thing or is it something that is unfixable? You know, like it's funny how, how kickers get judged on the smallest window for as great as Mason Crosby has been, um, that, that, that would be the case. But I think you at least have to discuss it. There's, there's just way too much track record in my mind for them to like if panic. He's, if he's going to have a bad couple games, I think this is the time to do it because the rest sure. of the special teams suck so much. There's just so much else. There's so much blame to go around, and you can point at the line not blocking properly, new holders, new new snappers. So 
Um, I mean, he might struggle for all those reasons. Um, maybe maybe Corey Barocas is not as good at holding. That's also possible. Um, but uh, I, I think he has a pretty long leash at this point. And even if he bought if he bombs on three next week, I think he's still in good shape for a little while longer. What's crazier, making 29 or whatever it was consecutive field goals and missing three straight, or the Brewers going 22 innings without scoring a run and then scoring in back-to-back innings? What's crazier? Uh, the, I think the Brewer. well, no, I take that back. It's the field goal thing. It is because we, goal we've thing. definitely seen the Brewers go extended periods without scoring routinely throughout the season, and uh, that's not weird at all. It just came up at the wrong time. I mean, it still gives them 90% yeah. uh, accuracy. Still yeah. good. Still good. It's Bears week, baby. It is. Ah, oh, the Bears are not good. Well, they're not, but they're three. They're not as bad as we want them to be, though. They're three and two. They're hanging around. They're annoying. The Bears the Bears are who we thought they were. Uh, the, they're kind of not, though. There are some parts of them that aren't who we thought they were. Their defense is actually good. And that's new. It was not last year. So that's half a good team. How many times do you think Justin Fields will get sacked? What is the over under? <laughs> that's the problem. I'm going to go with like four for the over under. If the, I, I, yeah, if the over under is three and a half, I think that's fair. Yeah, yeah I over. agree. I agree. I would also take the over, but just barely. I feel like they got four, maybe five sacks in them. I think that's about right. Um, and one of the big things is they've started letting um, Bill Lazor call plays. Uh, it boils down as simple as this for the Bears. When Bill Lazor has called plays under Matt Nagy, um, their offense has actually been passable. Um, he is responsible for much of the good Trubisky season and bits and spurts of good offense out of them. And when Matt Nagy calls plays, he tries to force everybody into being a 90s-style pocket passer um, very non-creative and very not good for a rookie quarterback, and they're just brutally terrible. Um, and Bill Lazor is calling plays for them at the moment, and he's relying on their defense and running the ball a lot and calling rollouts for Justin Fields and having him throw like under 20 passes a game. And they're not they're not a good offense, but they're a an offense that won't screw up and make mistakes and can rely on their defense to keep it close. And that's worked pretty well for two, a couple of weeks now. Those couple of weeks have been against the Lions, who are, you know, as previously established, atrocious, and the Raiders, who are who are a whole different thing. <laughs> um, and maybe we shouldn't count that game at all. But but they beat them, and they held them to nine points. So um, the the Bears are a threat, even if they're not a, a complete team for sure. I mean, the Packers aren't a complete team either. So yeah, the Packers have a good offense though, and the Bears don't. Um, if you have, by the way, everybody should go look at Allen Robinson's stats. That poor guy. I think he is uh, kind of taking the year off a little bit, um, getting some sun, relaxing, getting his body in shape for free agency. It's uh, it's uh, it's pretty bad. It, we should have an over. We should have a contest. To, uh, who will have more yards at the end of the season, Allen Robinson or Allen Lazard? Because uh, it probably will be Allen Robinson. But if Allen Lazard can have one good game, I think he can pull it off. This would be a good game. Do you think Jalen Johnson has what it takes to keep up with Devontae Adams? I feel like I feel like there aren't many people who can, but you know, he's in the conversation, right? He's I mean, is he is he any is he a woozie? Is he as good as Chidobi Awuzier? He is. He's better than him. Uh, if you wanna if you want the how the Bears can plausibly win strategy, he's he's I would say in the ballpark of Lattimore, and he gives you the ability to do what the Saints did to the Packers, which worked pretty well. 
So um, that's, I think, their, their sort of ace card they have here is nobody's been able to stop Devontae since week one. And the Bears actually have the horses to, I think, maybe do that and force the Packers to do something else to beat them. So that's something. It's, it's, it's hope. <laughs> we, we did see what team, you know, San Francisco tried to take Devontae away. And uh, the Packers were able to pull it off, even without contributions from MVS and Tunyon and Lazard. So we know we know they could do it. it. Might be another big day in the passing game for the two running backs. Also quite possible. And the Bears are top heavy. Their their edge guys are good, and Jalen Johnson's good. But nobody else on that defense is very good. Depth can can win there. R- running can win. Just got to actually use it and get some efficiency out of it, which they haven't done that in a while. <laughs> Uh boy. Uh, so Allen Robinson, by the way, has 181 yards on the season so far over five games. That is that is not a lot. What does Devontae have? It's like 529 or something. Well, Devontae had 193 or something. Like in yes. one game. <laughs> I think he's in the 400s, but still. Like, I don't think so. I think he he's the only receiver over five in the NFL right now. I could be wrong. I don't know why I don't have the Packers reference page up right now. I always do. But here we go. Yeah. Do, 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 do. Devonte Adams has 579 yards. You were oh wow, I was I undershot. That's crazy. <laughs> you were very yes. He has a lot of yards, so he has 400 more yards than Allen Robinson does. That's that, wild. <laughs> that's great. Did, now, did I see the stat that the Packers this, they had a 300 yard passer, 100 yard rusher, and a 100 yard receiver in this game? Yes. Yeah. Uh, Aaron Jones went over 100 with a 57 yard carry. Yeah. And they still had to win like three times in overtime to make that happen. That's crazy. Well, because Mason Crosby left ten points on the Bard, but the Bard, the Bard, <laughs> on the Bard, the Bard. What? Yeah, I mean, it, it wouldn't have been ten because he wouldn't have had it. He wouldn't have needed the the extra points that he left on the board there. He would have. It would have just been four, I think, or maybe seven, I guess. Well, there was the missed extra point, and then the first missed field goal. It was in the second. Oh, it was just called seven. Yeah, that sounds right. Crazy, yeah. crazy too that uh, the Bengals guy who missed twice, they thought he made it after it hit the flag. That you was would awesome. think that would be a pretty, pretty <laughs> clear identifier that the flag is blowing that way. So if you hit it, it means you missed. But I don't, I, I don't know what. I read about. an interview after the game, and he said he thought off his foot he made it, and that he's like never wrong Got about it. it after he makes contact he can always tell if it's going through or not and then people were telling him it didn't go through and he was like what i'm always right about that what the hell happened so um it, it wasn't him not reading it right he wasn't looking at it he was just like cocky about just it. felt good yep felt good we've all been there we've all had it's that. like oh we've all been there yeah. like when we go bowling or at least maybe this is just me and you throw <laughs> throw a perfect ball and you turn around and start smack talking before the ball even strikes the pins which is extremely stupid to do because it's gonna it's it's always gonna there's a good chance it's going to bounce funny, but I do this yeah. all the time. Same basketball shot. Do that pretty often, even <laughs> though I can't shoot at all. Still can. The Nick Van Exel. No, not Nick Van Exel. Nick Young. The, the uh, <laughs> arms in the air. Oh, it's so good. One of the best memes ever. Are we on questions already? Should we do this? Yeah, I think we're on questions already. And let's do it. We're pretty far in, so let's do it. Patreon questions. First from, of course, Jay Google. How many times did you say, what the fuck, toward the end of that game? <laughs> <laughs> emphasis emphasis mine uh, yes um a lot like eight nine um i it wasn't just the missed kicks i mean those obviously drive a lot of swearing but also just 
playing like you're t- taking a field goal. There were so many plays it was like, oh, you're just going to run it and set up a field goal again and then again and then again. And like all of those, like, no, pick up a first down. What are you doing? So uh, let's just say like a, a baker's dozen or so um, <laughs> towards the end. I was at my kid's soccer game, U10 soccer game. And unfortunately, it was already going to be poorly timed, but then it got pushed back further into the game. So a bunch of dads sitting on the sideline watching their phones, pretending (laughs) to care about what's going on in the soccer field. I actually did really well. I was watching the kid's game. So I was getting updates. There were times I was giving the updates. There were times I was getting the updates. But at some point, it's just like, yeah, I missed again. It's just this is just where it is. Who who knows how this ends? I, I did not watch this live, but in the moment I was thinking, uh on the on the kick at the end of regulation it seemed like the packers should should go for it i believe they kicked they kicked this is actually to go up eight before the bengals tied the game that was the moment that i really felt like the packers should go for it i don't know if that was considered at the moment or if that was in fact the right call but that's the moment where i was like why are they settling for a field goal here you know at least in the touchdown it's a good thing they did because the touchdown or wait was that the one that they sorry this is the one that they actually got the last of the three that mason made to go up eight yeah um that's the one that I thought they should really go and get the get the first down or keep going try to get the score on. I don't know if if you remember that specifically. It was t- it was definitely a controversial one in terms of going for it, and I I do think that the numbers were to go for it, but it going up eight is m- also much better than going up seven. So sure. I I also think it was a a not a a, a boneheaded decision. Um, it, it, my by the way my my heuristics on this if if it's helpful for anybody is um. If if you go up eight, you have to you get you you put another fifty fifty play on on the other team to score, so it like doubles your chances of winning versus seven. Mm. So it's worth doing. Um, it's the six versus seven thing is uh, 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 that one just uh, will always bother me. And uh, uh, going up like six is just you you made them uh, it, it like adds thirty yards that you have to go. It's barely worth it at all. It's annoying, but um, eight eight's good. Eight's a good number to be up. Is a two-point conversion truly a 50-50 play? No, it's not. It's actually like a 40... It's not 40-60, but it's closer to that than 50-50. Um, it, it in is, favor of the defense. In favor of the defense. It's highly highly dependent on the quality of the offensive defense playing. Um, obviously, sure. if you have a massive offensive line in Derrick Henry, you will be slightly better at it. And if, you have a, the, if you're the Jets, you're not going to make it very much. But in general, it's like 40-60. So it's, uh, you're an underdog doing it, but uh, sometimes it's worth it. PJ Vessels asks three field goal attempts before all the all the end of game shenanigans. Is the offense not capable of finishing drives? This comes back to no. what you said earlier. Yeah, they're not. It's, they're not. It's a it's problem. It's just Devonte, and that's easy to yeah. cover up on a short field. Yep. Um, it, it, the game changes a lot when you get close to the end zone, and um, being Devonte is great unless they take your space away. And uh, vertical play comes into play a lot more when you're by the end zone. It helps to have a tight end who can win vertically helps to have big receivers who can do that you think Lazard could but he doesn't seem to be able to um and it helps to be able to punch it in on the ground and they're just not set up for it right now on on the offensive line and so that's a problem too they'll get better I think but they really this is one of the reasons they can't finish off drives is their personnel is not quite there for it uh PJ Vessels asks again on a scale of zero to Donald Sterling does this Gruden garbage lead to anything uh no, probably not, because this not in the NFL, this, not in the NFL, this came out of the investigation into the Washington football team. And, yep. the, the and NFL, so he is the fall guy. He's the fall guy. That is more. I mean, not more or less. That is more the case. Um, 
the whole thing it, i would love to watch a 30 for 30 on this whole thing at some point um because the whole washington thing is fascinating in its own right but the nfl basically said today that they won't be publicly releasing any more of the emails from the washington investigation this came out um i'm not going to make accusations here but the timing of this coincided with demoris smith's re-election to the head of the players union the first leak was the racial slur against him specifically and more followed up i think when the nfl started to investigate it that's not that speculation don't know that for sure um but uh, gruden does seem to be the fall guy people have been raising other horrifying things out of that email leak like the fact that um washington forced their cheerleaders to do a topless photo shoot and Bruce Allen was comfortable enough with himself to email some of those pictures to John Gruden, which they found on John in this leak of John Gruden stuff. Um, like that's also very, very bad, and nobody seems to be caring or doing anything about that. Um, and you know, the, the big lesson here is about the NFL's culture, especially at the power level, of feeling comfortable saying these kinds of things and not worrying at all that these might get out. Like I, I work in a, I work in a job where I have to constantly advise people don't email stuff that you don't want to appear in front of a judge. And you should always think about that when you send an email because someday it might. Um, these people, uh, Gruden et al, the Washington, Bruce Allen, obviously were not afraid of any of these emails going public, even though they were two dozens of other people. Um, all who feel either similarly enough that they didn't care enough to report it to anybody or leak it to reporters beforehand agree with all of those sentiments or were so fearful of those people in power that they didn't think that they could do that. So that's the big lesson here. It uh, And nothing will come of it because the NFL's just told you today that they're not letting anything else out on the Washington report. And then, so unless there are more leakers or people out there who are going to bring forth other dirt on people involved in these conversations, we're not going to know anything else about it. And what we do know about, nobody seems to care about. Like, um, the Washington stuff's horrific, and nothing has happened as a result of it. So, sad, but yes, nothing's happening. Was it RG3? Somebody tweeted, these are the people who are making the decisions about your career in the NFL. Like, there's a million John Grudens out there. It might not have been RG3, but somebody tweeted that. And... I believe it, yeah. you know, this is, this is just a you know, fundamental thing in the NFL culture. This is, and, and I don't mean to paint everybody with a broad brush because I'm sure there's plenty of people who are just good people in the NFL who think before they speak, think before they write an email, think before they yuck it up with buddies, believing that they have like the safe space power to just say, just fucking be a good person. It's so hard to be a good person. <laughs> it is so fucking hard for people to just be good people and just think before they speak and and try to find a way to say something that is not going to be intolerable to at least one group of people or one person in the conversation it's like you don't have to be a fucking meathead to be good at football but for whatever reason it just this happens and then inevitably you get a, a rush of people who are like well you know looking for hypocrisy or comparing it to other things it's like just be a good person that's all that's all anyone ever wants you to be and it's still, it's still, it's still just so hard. Yep. It's ridiculous. The other, the other reason this happens is something we've talked about a lot on this podcast: nepotism. And it's not a coincidence that John Gruden was on these emails with Washington people, where Jay Gruden was coach, and where Joe Barry was employed because he got his start with Rod Marinelli, who is his father-in-law. Um, 
in, in, if Packer people show up on these emails anywhere, I won't be that surprised. John Gruden was a part of the organization a long time ago, and there are a lot of people related to him and Jay in the coaching tree still with the team. So that's also possible and something worth, it's worth keeping an eye on in case any dirt breaks there. Um, also worth noting that um, the oh shoot I, the, the the Bengals um, head coach Zach Taylor yes Zach Taylor is also the son-in-law of somebody I forgot who right now I should look that Mike up. Sherman Mike Sherman yes uh, former Jeez. Packers head coach and GM Mike Sherman so Joe Barry is the son-in-law of Rod Marinelli Zach Taylor is the son-in-law of Mike Sherman like nobody in the NFL is not related to somebody else in the NFL it it really is an old boys club in the grossest sense of the word. Yeah, and these are some of the youngest coaches in the league. You know, guys like Zach Taylor, like it's it's just continuing. It's going to be like this for another generation. So uh, I don't know. Matthew Van Hoovelen, given that offenses choose to pick on weak links such as Kevin King, is it possible the loss of Jair Alexander may cause opposing offenses to pick on King less, thereby somewhat mitigating the loss of Jair? Because <laughs> I, because the gap this. between one and two are <laughs> is no longer significant. Will we not see the you know choosing of one guy over the other? That's that's interesting. I love this theory. It's possible. Um, it's it's like when you go when you get Jair's never getting targeted if they can help it, and so that you know presumably a quarterback will go after Stokes a little bit and maybe Chandon a little bit more and maybe so it's possible. Um, I love the theory. It goes with my running back theory, so I love it as a cornerback theory. So Matthew, very good theory. Also, we should mention. Um, until he got hurt, which of course he did, Kevin King actually played pretty well. Um, he was sticking guys in front of him more than I've seen him in quite some time and, and really was sticking with guys until he got hurt. But of course, he's Kevin King, so no good thing can last and he got hurt. Uh, he also had that really good tackle. Uh, it was like early in the game. He was like five yards off. Yeah, and just closed on the guys and, and chucked him. And I was like, who is that guy? And it was King. And I was like, oh, all right. I have to remember that one for the podcast. So. Good on Kevin. And, and so we did huzzah. Yep. And Matt LaFleur indicating after the game that the injury that he sustained was merely a, uh, irritating a previous injury that he's been playing with a yeah. bum shoulder. And by the way, like, go ahead. Yep. Should mention they signed uh, Quentin Dunbar today um, and will likely be active for the game because of Kevin King being hurt. Yeah. They also did not protect equanimous this week that's also true which is interesting and he will almost certainly end up on the lions i think because oh yeah quintus cephas got hurt and so they need a guy and have his brother so it's a natural fit the super saint brown bros yep they can have him um <laughs> he was so bad he was bad. <laughs> just but it's not it's not happening for equanimous it's not happening in green bay um i i don't like to ever get mad at an nfl player for getting hurt it's it sucks. It happens. It's, it happens to everyone. So I don't hold it against Kevin King, but like the fact that he are the injuries that he's, he had coming into this game, forget what happened in this game, which is kind of a fluke tackle thing. He's never going to be healthy. He's never going to be good because he's never going to be healthy. I, I don't, I don't know what was the mystery there. That was, that was the case last year. Yep. Health is a skill in the NFL, especially the best ability is availability. <laughs> It's true, I guess. My eyes roll because it's like, well, you're putting people out there trying to kill each other, spearing, spearing with helmets and whatnot. So I don't know how available anybody can remain, but some guys do. Some guys find a way. 
Uh, going to Twitter questions, Jonathan Deal says, red zone woes aside, could it be argued that due to the amount of talent that's missing right now, the defense is actually overperforming? Also, is Preston Smith good again? Preston is good. He is. For some reason. He ranks number one among edge rushers and run stop so far by PFF and is good at edge rushing too, but I, that's we didn't see that at all last year. <laughs> He has dropped back in coverage a little bit too, yeah. which is not his forte. He, he was freaking covering Jamar Chase. Yeah, he, he actually had a, I think, a pass breakup <laughs> on Jamar Chase, which is crazy. He covered, he covered Jamar Chase on a crosser, and it only went for six yards. I was like, why in the hell? Is he? <laughs> it worked. <laughs> he should put that on his career highlights because it's that's pretty good. Um, Preston's good. Uh, the I, I do think they are overperforming. I think. Um, Given how banged up they are, how how few edge rushers they have available, how I mean, their best players hurt. Jair is the best player, and we talked about how irreplaceable he was, and they've been okay. So yeah, they've got some warts. They can't stop people in the red zone, but this defense is is pretty good, all things considered, and I think likely to get better when they get healthy. So yes, I think they are overperforming based on the talent that's there because the talent's not that good. PJ's Corey Bujorquez stand account. We are in the Halloween season where everyone changes. <laughs> That's good. That's good. PJ. I think. I think my favorite is it. I don't know. It might be onion, so it wouldn't be my favorite because there's a lot of things that I think are my favorite about the onion. But someone, someone tweeted or something in November first one year, like, "Oh, you're still you're still using your Halloween <laughs> handles on November first. How embarrassing!" <laughs> no, my my favorite is every year Arif Hassan changes his name to Arif but spooky. <laughs> <laughs> that's good that's that good anyway good. uh is it was it los Spook is it los spookies that were the that was the cowboys concert that was keeping los, the, the los bookies yes los bookies uh, was it the spookies it depends on how you say it say it fast enough it's all good it's yeah it's definitely not what i thought it was so anyway any any chance we could trade to get jared cook back is the question any chance they could trade to get jared cook back Hey, how many Packers are now playing for the Chargers? Well, Three. We, we have two offensive linemen. We have Mr. Jared Cook. Jared Cook. I think that might be it. Uh, no longer Casey Hayward. Not Casey Hayward. Yep, he's a Raider. N- number one ranked cornerback in football right now, by the way. Who is currently making less money than Kevin, Kevin King. King. That's also correct. Is yeah, it, I'm going to pull up the chargers roster you're not getting anybody off the chargers though that's not going to happen they have super bowl aspirations and um jared cook is useful so that's uh (laughs) that's not this is not some tanking team that you're trying to steal a guy from here do they still have terrible uh special teams i think they're okay now yeah no their special teams is, is bad yeah seriously they had uh they had a guy take punts out of the end zone uh, all right, that is stupid. That that's that's ma- really real. That is very stupid. You should get fired for that, like on the spot. Gentlemen, Kyler Fackrell is on the yeah. Los Angeles Chargers. Oh, he is. Look, there he is. Ah. <laughs> What's up, Kyler? There he is. <laughs> Why is Kyler Fackrell still in the league? Uh, I don't know. Well, might... I thought he got hurt. Maybe he'll play in the Super Bowl. That would be amazing. That. What if true. he? What if he had three and a half sacks in the Super Bowl? Also possible. That would be a Kyler thing to do. If I they do not see any others. No, nope, that's it. All right. This has been the Devin Aroma should do part of the show. So. <laughs>
I love the Devin Rush. And then another thing about Devin Rush, too. We're done. (laughs) Quentin Wetzel asks, how much of Crosby's misses were due to the right side of the protection versus just pulling it? We did talk about that. All the misses were left, if he recalls correctly. And uh, we did talk about that. You could say he left it all out on the field. Uh, (laughs) Always an adventure when Easy Narc is sending in a question. The Packers and 49ers have scored the same amount of points. When will Rodgers start whining about Rodgers not pulling his weight for the defense? I don't even get the question. He is implying that the offense is underperforming. And so he's wondering if Rodgers will complain on behalf of the defense that the the offense is not pulling its weight. Got it. Got it. (laughs) However, he had to go to the 49ers to do it, which is, you know, not a great team, but not a terrible team either. So, um, <laughs> if yeah. I recall correctly, the Packers point differential is still minus two. Is it? Yeah, it is. Oh, nice. Okay. <laughs> I mean, when you get beat that badly, it so, takes a long time to overcome it. In all seriousness, and give Easy some credit, um, he is right that the offense statistically ain't great. Uh, it is. Not an upper echelon DVOA offense. Um, it has struggled to run the ball, and that affects a lot of its EPA stats. And uh, so all that's hanging out there in that Saints game really drags on them, too, where they were atrocious for you know a, a 20% of the season. Um, that, that all said, I think Aaron Rodgers looks like he's pretty good. Devontae clearly looks like he's pretty good. When they get their offensive line right, they will be able to run the ball a lot better. And um, MVS getting hurt... After kind of a slow start where he dropped it, I take that back. He did not drop a bunch of balls where Aaron missed him. Um, That, I think, will come back to the mean a little bit. Uh, MVS will catch a bunch of deep passes once he's back. and Regression to the mean, drink. Yep, indeed. (laughs) That'll make things better. So um, they're flawed, yes, but they look... They look good, you know. That they don't look like an atrocious offense at all. They look like a team that's missing a few guys and um, playing a little conservative in certain aspects of the game for that reason. But I'm not worried about the Packer offense at all. Maybe I will be. I don't know. Five games from now, but I think it's fine. So they're they're fine. Aaron's fine. He's trying hard. Brett Smith asks, "Is Hero Ball Aaron back? Maybe it never left. First half, first half, he, dude was back foot in every single throw. Yeah, he was. I think it got better as it went along, right?" Yeah, I think so. I don't know. Devontae Adams should have been 10 for 10. He should have. Aaron definitely still misses some throws. That's definitely true. Something I don't get. Aaron Rodgers misses a wide-open Devontae in the end zone with minimal pressure. And then later in the game, he throws to a covered Randall Cobb on third down and then finishes his throwing motion by giving a defensive end a high five. (laughs) He literally touched hands with number 91 after throwing the third down throw to cop. How are those two people the same person? It's like Ryan Braun's swing. He would just look terrible on one swing, yep. and then he would come back on a tougher pitch and send it out of the yard. It just, just is what it is, man. I have never seen Ryan Braun swing a baseball bat ever <laughs> in my life. <laughs> of course not. It's a unique swing. Yep, it is. The only thing swing. I know about Ryan Braun is he uh, made Aaron Rodgers really mad. Yeah, there's That's, probably a little bit of history there. That is true. That's all I got. Two, uh, uh, two of the, the better hangs in Wisconsin sports history. <laughs> yes, indeed. So you've got Aaron Rodgers and Ryan Braun and Giannis and Chick-fil-A. Right? Those yes. are the two. The Giannis two. is by far the most endearing personality among those that we have mentioned thus far. Indeed, that is definitely true. Yeah. Jerk, weirdo, and Giannis. Mm-hmm. All right. Scott Hettenbach asks, are we worthy of Devontae's greatness? Don't worry. I already know the answer. We really are not at all. Which so. is why we're not going to have him this year yeah. <laughs> or after this he, year. <laughs> he is going to be very expensive. 
he's a very unique receiver. I've never seen anything quite like him. And uh, yeah, we're not. He's uh, he's incredible. Just can't say enough about Devontae. All Matt, right, let's Matt, move on. Matt has nothing to say about Devontae. That's uh, <laughs> I I have nothing to say about Devontae. Yeah. I've said I've said it all. All right. He's good at the line of scrimmage. He's good in short short situations. He's good down the field. Catching deep balls this year, man. Like just doing the thing where you don't put your hands out to the last second. Um, n- nice addition to the game. Yeah. So good. Yeah, okay. His his deep ball against the Bengals was amazing because it was. his stutter step his stutter step was microscopic and it froze the safety. Mm-hmm. It was incredible. I feel like every Devontae deep ball so far this year has been incredible. Um, incredible throws and just like moves to get open and last second hands. Just all great. Should just be highlight reel of that. I wonder if MVS is going to be back when he's eligible to come off of IR. I I think this would be, is this week three, the Bears game? So he'd be eligible after that? After that, yeah. Okay. And you never know with hammies, but. Right. I got to think though with the schedule toughening up after that, that that's what they're going to want to do. They need They need another option. Yeah, they do. Very badly. It's. I mean, we we haven't even talked about Alton Jenkins still not being there. It's it's insane. Even even with Lucas Patrick kind of getting run over <laughs> from time to time, it's insane that this line has been able to do what it's been able to do, and that the defense without. I mean, we've mentioned not having Zedarius and Jair Alexander, but they're missing people now everywhere, yeah. everywhere on the field, cool. and they're still figuring it out. The line's really been incredible. The the weakness is really a wide receiver, and they they need to get some production from somebody. Like I, I know that Alan Lazard is out there mauling people, but. Like at some point when MVS is out, you maybe need to put Malik Taylor out there for a little bit or something. Try somebody else that can stretch the field because you're not. Uh, <laughs> he was good in preseason. He can run fast ish. Um, he's tall. Give he had a, a shot. special teams boo boo. I always forget that Malik Taylor is tall. He he's like everything about him screams five foot nine. Yeah, I know, but he is actually tall. So it is and. and sp- Speaking of tall, that's now three games with Yash Nyman at left tackle that the Packers have won. Yep. I, I mean, I, I assume that's Mercedes Lewis. Like, I assume there's some help there that's just stepping up. I realize Nyman's playing very well, but man, I, I True can't story. believe they've away with it. The Packers have a better winning percentage with Josh Nyman at left tackle than they do without. <laughs> yes. Yes. They do help him a lot. They give him a lot of assistance over there, as they should, but he's still holding his own quite well. It's It's worked out. All, All right. right, we got a few Discord questions. Oh, we do. We do. Loco Loco Pabs, which of the next three opponents, Bengals, Bears, Washington, would you want to coach GM the most? <laughs> Not Washington. I mean, cities, <laughs> legacies, stupid organizational stuff removed. Well, okay, so all that stuff out, just roster ranking. Uh, which would you like? Oh, uh, I was going to say, I, I would coach Washington. 100%. Because then I, then I could take it down from the inside. <laughs> also, if I mean, Washington's got the best roster. Like, is that even a debate? Yeah, they have a they have a terrible quarterback. That's it. Like um, Joe Burrow is the best quarterback of the group, and I think if you give the Bengals an offensive line, that that team's really good. So I think I actually take the Bengals. I don't like Washington's quarterbacks or their prospects for getting one anytime soon. And uh, I mean, the Bears are. I like Justin Fields, but there's too much wrong there, and their salary cap is not going to be good for a while. Okay. Uh. The next person is Harry Pickles, which I assume is, is sort of, yeah, that's what I thought. <laughs> Always the Wild West when you get into Discord. Who knew that there was a level beneath Twitter in terms of, of toxic discourse? But here we go. I missed all of regulation time to see the new James Bond movie. Did I make the right decision or did I upset the football gods? Also, do you have game day superstitions like Rogers Adams LeFleur mentioned during the postgame presser? Well, I don't know how good was the movie. 
You can't ask him a question. He's not Dolls here to answer guy. you. <laughs> Let's um, say it was a standard Bond movie. Let's go with that. I and no, I, I I can't believe you missed the game for that. How dare you? Yeah. Um. And I, but the the middle the early part of the game I think was a lot of pretty well played football and then kind of sputtering out in scoring range a couple times. But there were a lot of exciting plays that happened. So that was kind of fun. And then like. The, the special team's nonsense at the end was its own, I'm going to say, fun, but it, it was interesting, at least. It, um, it was a good game for 75%. It was. So I, I think that uh, you didn't make the right decision. I mean, whatever, if the movie was good, whatever, good on you for it. But yeah, you, you missed a pretty good game, all things considered. So, yeah. Uh, Harry Pickles adds that in his defense, he lives out of market, but he's still sorry if the game was his fault. I think Bond movies are pretty much... They're kind of their own genre. You know absolutely everything you're going to get. It is almost as formulaic as, as a series can be. I mean, we're talking like, we're talking about like law and order formulaic here. Uh, there's obviously, there's a, yeah, there's going to be some <laughs> twists and turns, but it's a Bond movie is a Bond movie. They're all, they're all the, the same and they're fun. Yeah, they're yeah. cool. But like they hit uh, there was nothing like the Bengals Packers game this weekend. <laughs> no, there was not. Um, in, in terms of game day superstitions, uh, I not really, I do. I would, I do have a jersey I wear pretty much every game day if I'm in my house. Really? Yeah. Um, I change them up once in a while, but I, I do have a couple. I don't know that they're really lucky, but uh, I, I do, if they lose too many in a row, switch it up. So I guess that's a superstition. So, yeah, I got that. I have an autographed Alan Lazard jersey that's currently my lucky jersey. <laughs> awesome. Sunday that is, is awesome. Now, Sunday is now my Pepsi day. I am trying to not drink Pepsi <laughs> six days a week. So... <laughs> <clears throat> Love it. I sound like a junkie, but like I'm trying very hard to cut back on empty cows. And uh, so Sunday is a, is a good day because I get to drink Pepsi and then I'm not depressed for a day until the Packers play. Um, <laughs> last question is from Noodle Papa, which is also probably a double entendre that I'm not aware of. What is the deal with Jalen Smith? Is he any good? Why did he get cut? And when can he play? He, he wasn't active, but it seems like understanding that there's going to be a couple weeks of ramp up here before before he gets to the field for the Packers. Matt, do you want to take he this one? Also, he could potentially be a pass rusher. He's very fast. Um, okay, so Jalen Smith, uh, coming out of college, was told that his knees would only last for about three years, and that was four years ago. That's that's about it. That's, that's the whole it, It's a chronic condition. Yeah, just a lot of surgeries and a lot of got, went wrong. Oh, and okay, okay. He is uh, a very, I think, good and smart and technically sound player who's just on borrowed time. And uh, I think the Cowboys, they cut him because they thought borrowed time had now expired. So <laughs> um, He was apparently just butt-ass awful yeah. for the Cowboys this year. And th there's a good chance he can't really move anymore. So um, that's what you're looking at with him. If he can, I don't know, take drugs and get shots in his knees and hobble through a season, he can maybe be valuable. But uh you're dealing with all cures all. It does for a while till <laughs> ligaments actually completely disintegrate and cartilage goes away. And you and your kidney shut and down. And your kidney shut down. Um but that's what you're looking at with Jalen Smith. It is all at this point about pain tolerance and joints ability to move and if they can, he's a good player. And if they can't, he is not an NFL caliber player and uh, he might be getting to that point in his career. Uh, interesting note about Jalen Smith for all the Madden Ultimate Team players out there. On a Packers theme team, he has 89 speed, making him one of the fastest outside linebackers in the game. 
There you go. Never know if you're selling Madden or criticizing them with stats like that. But uh, both. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Reporting is eligible does not condone toward all use. <laughs> I think we we put the right. I, I just said it gives you renal failure. We did, we, we did the drug. I know. We did the drug yeah. ad thing. It may cause renal just, failure. <laughs> just want to be clear. Yep. All right. I think you're clear. All right. We're done. That's it. That's all the questions. Thank you all for the questions. Uh, JR, do you have anything that you're writing this week or are you just going to cry about the Brewers? Uh, well, I was writing about the Brewers. We were doing our live game blogs and they were doing very well, but now there's nothing to blog about anymore because there will be no game Thursday. There will be no joy in Mudville. The Brewers are done. Their 95 win season ends unceremoniously uh, for the uh, third straight year. They make the playoffs and get dropped in their first opportunity. So it's very sad. I don't know what comes next for me, to be yeah. honest. That's uh, It's been pretty much just all Brewers this week and, and last, but uh, I don't know. Check out jsonline.com. We've got the Brewers <laughs> podcast. The Bucks podcast are firing up again. The Milwaukee Bucks are starting soon. They are reigning NBA champions. They are. So I'm sure we'll have some some Milwaukee Bucks stuff. Uh, I do the podcast with Jim Ozarski every week. Um, this is probably my last Brewers podcast coming up here later this week to to do our little postmortem uh, in quite some time. So check those out. You can find those in the same place you found this one at uh, you know the usual spots: Stitcher, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. We like ratings, inter- ratings and review, just like we like them here. <laughs> uh, but other than five that, five stars, am, everybody. Five stars, please. Uh, other than that, I am just uh, I'm lost. I'm adrift at sea until until more trending content can float my way. <laughs> Matt, what about you? Uh, just wanted to mention the Packers open as the four and a half point favorite against the Bears. Uh, I'm excited for this this week. I think it's going to be good. Coming at you from Kansahoma, uh, spending a lot of time playing video games. Not going to talk about Madden anymore, but I'm back into Rocket League. We oh. should all play some car soccer. I'll Everyone play car should soccer play car soccer. Yeah, I have, I have car soccer. I can do that. You yeah. Should, you should also get Tetris Connect while you're on the road. It's a good hotel game. Uh, okay, so I brought my my headset with me, and uh, so I I don't know if I told the podcast about my living situation in Kansahoma. <laughs> you did I know not. I told you guys. Um, my company owns an eight bedroom house in the middle of nowhere in Kansas. Oh, it's so you're like in a frat. In. You're not at a hotel. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we're we're at like a frat. Um, and one of the people who is staying in the house is currently using my Oculus quest downstairs. I have him addicted to beat saber, <laughs> which is a great, which is a fantastic game. So that's yes, it doesn't sound nearly as dirty as you guys think it does. Um, uh, beat saber is what happens if fruit ninja and guitar hero have an illegitimate child for, for all of you who uh, are normal people. Uh, beat saber is just uh, lightsaber fighting um, with guitar hero. That's it. That, yeah. Yeah. That's it. You, you you cut blocks. You cut blocks instead of pushing. Never mind. Jair's giving us dirty looks now. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, I will have a post. Uh, my Shepherd Express post recapping this and previewing the Bears be up soon. Uh, I will. I, I do stat of the week every week at Acme Packing Company. This is going to be about the Packers' red zone defense and all the context around it. They're thirteen for thirteen uh, loserdom so far. So we've got that. And in honor of Bears Week at our Patreon for I think I opened it up to anybody on the Patreon. Uh, I, I wrote a song about all the bear quarterbacks, so you can go listen to me sing it there. Um, do, do enjoy that. Uh, it's I, so good. It will also probably be the bumper music on the mini pod later this week, too, so go check that out as well. Um, anyway, that will wrap it up for us. Enjoy the bear game. We'll be back next week. Glorious Cincinnati, queen of Ohio's Mount Pine Ski Resorts. I come from C-I-N-C-I-N-N-A-T-I-Cincinnati, the best town in O-I-O-U-S-A. At first 
they called it Cincy, but since Cincy 